Welcome to the Future of Internal Communication podcast. I'm Jen Sproul, CEO of the Institute of Internal Communication. Our organisations face an onslaught of challenges across the social, economic, political and environmental spectrum. The systems we've used to support 21st century ways of life are weakening. The way we work requires dramatic transformation in response to these challenges. Internal communication is a crucial function that helps organisations achieve lasting change. This podcast explores the intersection between internal communication and the future of work. Every conversation is curated to help internal communicators better understand the risks and leverage opportunity. We really hope you enjoy listening. Hi, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Future of Internal Communication podcast. I'm your co-host, Kat Barnard, and I'm joined today by Jen, Chief Executive of the Institute of Internal Communication, and some special guests, Michelle Carville and Gemma Butler. We are going to be talking today about sustainable marketing. To give you a tiny bit of background, I think I first became aware, actually, of Michelle via a previous guest to this podcast, Damien Corbett, who had featured Michelle in his book, The Social CEO. So gradually over time, Michelle and I got talking. She told me about her book that she co-authored with Gemma and Garant. Evans, in 2021, they published a book called Sustainable Marketing. And since then, Gemma and Michelle have have kind of been on a mission that has been very organic and flourishing to essentially, I think, just um, explore the role of marketing in business sustainability. They've launched a podcast, Can Marketing Save the Planet?, and really gone from strength to strength, such that... I've just found out they are launching a new book in, uh, hopefully later this year, I think, called, same title, Can Marketing Save the Planet? So today I'm really pleased to welcome them both and talk a little bit more about sustainable marketing. Welcome, ladies. Yeah, great to be here. Thank you. And the book, by the way, should be January 2024. Oh, there we go. Tiny bit of time to wait. But um, if it's anything like your previous book, well worth the wait, I think. So I would like to kick off this conversation today just by digging into sustainable marketing, the book, and what led you guys to come together and see the opportunity to write about it. Yeah, sure. So I guess as fellow marketers, we had uh, met, I'd met, I'd been in marketing for, you know, what feels like 100 years, starting out in advertising, moving over to the agency and client side, then running my own marketing agency. And along that journey, some of my clients, I, I'd liaised with the Chartered Institute of Marketing on a, on a number of aspects. And that led me to kind of befriend Gemma. We became kindred spirits and had a lot in common around the role of marketing and the role that marketing played, particularly strategically. We almost felt like, you know, marketing had lost its way. And Gemma and I actually did join forces and 
and went to the House of Commons to to debate the role of marketing as to had marketing, did it have a skills crisis or actually was it an identity crisis? And, and actually the 200 marketers in the room ruled us the winners in the debate against Marketing Week that actually it wasn't so much a skills crisis, but more of an identity crisis that marketing had been losing its way. So that was how Gemma and I came to meet. And of course, that drive about marketing and its its identity and how it sits creatively and strategically within an organisation led us to come together and, as many great ideas start in a pub, have lots of discussions around, you know, what is marketing, where are we, what, you know, moaning on about the role marketing plays, irresponsible marketing, concerns about marketing. And that led us to, to you know, stop talking about it and start doing something about it. And so together with Geraint, the three of us decided that we should put our heads together and have a look at the role marketing played. Now that the landscape in business was changing, what did that mean for marketing? And that was really where sustainable marketing, how to drive profits with purpose, how to be responsible marketers came about. And we started researching, we started exploring. And of course, as Gemma and I say on many a podcast and panel now, once you start learning, it opens your eyes. You can't unsee things. And that led us, as you said, you know, into a journey which we had no idea we would be taking when we started out in that pub all those years ago talking about let's do something about this. That actually it would become so ingrained in our in our lives in our values in our passions that once we wrote the book we wanted to keep the conversation going with can marketing save the planet podcast over that time we've developed training courses we've worked with organizations all around the world um lecturing with business schools we've just had so many privilege to speak to so many people in the space and have grown a wonderful network of of companions really along this journey with us and and it's been something that we did not set out to do it's grown organically it's just been part of what's evolved so when was it you know in time when was it that the kind of the penny dropped for you guys that there was a business sustainability crisis or a, an issue of business having such a primary role in the escalating climate crisis I think it's when we were, as Michelle said, when we were researching the book, we started to uncover things that, you know, weren't necessarily high up on the business agenda. You know, everyone had heard, everyone knows about CSR, everyone's heard about ESG, but, you know, those things are really kind of being seen as just reports and they're quite subjective and there's not much mandate or, or requirements around them, you know. And as we as we started researching, we just started uncovering things. And Michelle and I had already, you know, moaned a million times around how marketing since digital transformation had taken hold had really kind of become an end of funnel growth at any cost, you know, profit at any cost function, really. And actually, through my work, because I was at the Chartered Institute of Marketing at the time, We'd been really pushing hard always that marketing, you know, is more strategic and more innovative and, 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 you know, more about brand and reputation than it is just purely about communication. So I think that was the point at which we started researching and writing. And then we obviously went into a pandemic and suddenly out of nowhere, sustainability kind of leapt onto the agenda for the world, you know, as, as we couldn't fly, we couldn't move around and all of that. 
And we were then, out of just pure luck at the time, the book came out in 2021. And since then, I think it's safe to say that sustainability has truly risen up the agenda of every business as, you know, in terms of sustainability as a whole. But, you know, the climate crisis is really the driving force behind that because we have, this is the definitive decade we're in. So, you know, everything we were reading was showing that, you know, business plays a huge role in in changing the course we're on because business has played an enormous role today, profiteering off, you know, the planet, basically, and driving consumption and marketing, you know, falls into this. Marketing's a huge, has been a huge part of the problem and is part of the reason why we're here today. So Michelle and I have really taken that and taken the communications piece and seen that marketing, you know, from a purely communications piece has an enormous role and amount of influence and power that it can use for good. And then it also sustainability brings in that strategic part, that innovative part, that part where, you know, you look at brand and culture and, and what you can do through through how you talk about it and, and what products and, and services you bring. Um, and really going back to purpose. And it seems as if, you know, the, the, the topic and the agenda has escalated seismically since perhaps you first got together in that pub, certainly you know, the information that we're seeing from the climate scientists, I think even some of the climate scientists are surprised by how stark the data is on the pace at which the planet is warming. And and it sounds a little bit like you guys have found yourselves almost accidentally happenstance caught up in this. But given everything that you have achieved since the book launched, and you started the podcast and you know, you've had all of these amazing guests come on and talk about what role marketing could play. How would you describe what you're trying to achieve now? I mean, I fully appreciate that your kind of internal MO and strategy will be evolving all the time because because this is this is almost a brilliant example of the pace at which the business agenda can change, right? I don't think focus has changed that much in as much as, and I think that's a good, it's almost like a happy accident. You know, we didn't expect this to be at that time, but it's, it happened and, you know, maybe it was meant to happen. Who knows? But yeah, we did find ourselves in that position, but all the way through for us, when we finished and we we were reciting that, researching that book, we just thought, you know what, I've been in marketing for a long time and I didn't know any of this stuff. Mm. And there's probably, there are 10.6 million marketers on the planet with a capital M, professionally qualified marketers in one way or another. And They probably don't know this stuff. Mm. And given that we have a remit to communicate and given that consumption and behavior change is such an important part of how we do reduce the impact of heating up the planet, you know, for simplicity, then marketing has a really key role to play because many of us are making decisions about what we eat, how we travel, how we shop, where we go, which energy we use based on narratives and story that have been imprinted in our brains for decades. And they are just stories. You know, they are just narratives. I I was at a friend of mine the other day and she was saying, well, I don't know why everybody's doing that. And I was saying, because the marketers have been telling you to do that. 
And so you've just gone along with what you think is the right way to do. But it's just a narrative. It's just a story. It's just an idea. And now we need other narratives, other stories, other ideas. And so that is where the role of marketing comes into play. So we knew nothing about it. So our remit, what are we trying to do is educate, educate marketers and not just say, hey, have a look over here, but actually give them resources, tools, give them confidence and competence to challenge the norms, to see their role as a different role than rather than just taking a brief and delivering on it to actually question that brief and to be saying, hang on a minute, is this the best way we need to be doing this? Because are we aware of this? Are we clear on what our audiences are thinking? Have we looked at whether or not this is the most innovative thing that we can be doing? How does this stack up with the decarbonisation targets that our organisation is so fiercely uh, you know, putting together and saying this is what we want to achieve by X, Y, Z? How does this stack up? How does this dovetail in? How does this all work? And what we're saying, is it right? Is it true? Are we doing what we say we're doing? And that means that marketers, you know, we interviewed Seth Godin, as you know, Kat, on the podcast, and he said, you know, marketers need to get now uncomfortable and inconvenient. And I couldn't have put it better. You know, I couldn't have put it better because, you know, if you look at our sustainable marketer manifesto, that's exactly what we're saying. We're calling out to marketers and saying, wake up, hello, understand this stuff, the landscape that you operate in has changed and you need to know about it. So our remit hasn't changed. Our remit in the book was educate marketers to be awakened like we were because this has only happened to us. You know, we're not climate scientists. We're not, you know, experts in this space. We're professional marketers that understand the power and influence and creativity of marketing and therefore can understand how that can be harnessed and utilized for a better narrative, a better direction that serves people, that serves the planet and is still serving businesses. But it may be challenging businesses as well to serve better. And that is so poignant. That is so on point. I think, you know, what I've just taken from what you've just outlined there is there's a really powerful quote by Peter Senge. We have to see the water that we swim in and I think that's so apposite, not least because it's kind of an environmental metaphor, really. But but unless we know that the entire story is made up by humans in service of mass consumption and economic growth at all cost, we're nowhere, right? And actually, there is Absolutely. I know you and I, Michelle, have talked about this offline. You know, there is absolutely a, an alternative pathway for human beings to, to flourish without all of the, the material goods, without all of the mass consumption, without all of the pollution, without all of the non-recyclable landfill, all of those things. But it is absolutely a question of educating ourselves such that it's not simply that we understand what the tools are that we use when we market or what the approach is that we take when we market. We actually understand the bedrock of marketing, which is which is storytelling and communication, right? And innovation and strategy, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. you know, we need to all have a, a more awareness of what's going out 
on around us in that wider circle. So it's no longer about marketers just talking about their products and services and how they benefit. You know, we all have to kind of look left and look right and see what the bigger picture is. You know, where do those products come from? You know, what's happening back in the supply chain? And, you know, most people will say, well, why should, why is that my responsibility? And I think we all have to have a better of an understanding of how our actions contribute to that chain. You know, it's a real butterfly effect. I don't think we've really given much consideration to you I mean you know you only have to look at listen to the episode that we did with Tony Chocoloni to go that's a chocolate bar and what sits behind that is is a really horrible horrible industry you know with child labor in it and yet we all go and buy our chocolates I think it's about opening our eyes and the role marketing plays in that is really you know people need more information as to why their behaviors need to change we need to give more information on you know what good we're doing what our role is as part of our social responsibility and I think you know communities and and building communities is something that marketers need to look at I think that you know we wrote about a whole new a whole section of our new book is around you know new KPIs and metrics that go beyond just the numbers and looking at social impact and and what social impact really is and how you deliver against that how do you measure it because yeah a lot of it is very subjective but you you can actually look and measure it if you think about it correctly and place a sustainable lens over everything you do so we've got to ask a different set of questions and we've all got to start telling or having a different conversation tell a different story and have a different conversation it's no more about broadcasting to your audience what you do it's about a two-way conversation and that's applicable both internally and externally I'm just listening in um Gemma and Michelle and it's so fascinating and it's it's for me it's I'm a marketeer by trade but I I run membership body dedicated to the internal communication profession which has been um a really uh interesting journey for me but I hear about what you were saying about being strategic and where we want to be and about it's about culture change behavior change and I think in internal comms in our history we have been about broadcast but now we're trying to move that and whilst the pandemic as you say shifted that awareness perhaps around travel and consumption it's also shifted, I feel, this this trend for businesses where they can no longer be just about profiteering if they are going to retain, attract and keep the best talent. And that's what make organisations do this. And as internal communicators, I think we have a similar and shared professional challenge to marketers to educate ourselves, to think about how we can drive that behaviour change, but also make sure that we live with honesty and transparency transparency that is so important in business right now so I guess from hearing the journey that you're talking about with marketing and internal comms it's so interconnected so I guess from your perspective where do you see internal comms so integral to marketing and the two I guess working side by side to tell to educate to tell the truth to make behavior change to do all the things that you've talked about yeah well, Jen, it's interesting because I don't put internal comms outside of marketing. You know, when I grew up in marketing, internal comms was internal marketing. And you have external marketing, what are we going to do over here to the outside world? We have internal marketing, what are we going to do internally? And they were the same thing. The principles that activate externally 
activate internally. There are no differences. There are no differences. You have a different audience, but actually, and you may have slightly different channels, but the processes and the principles and the narrative and the engagement and the communication process, exactly the same. So therefore, the challenge is exactly the same. And of course, you're right. You know, businesses are waking up to the fact that stakeholders aren't just shareholders. Stakeholders are employees, as well as customers, as well as communities, as well as the planet, you know, as well as suppliers, as well as investors. But they are a component. They're not all. And of course, business for too long has focused on the shareholder, short-term profits, you know, let's focus on just making as much profit as we can so we can get returns for the investors. But what about the people delivering on that? What about the planet facilitating all of that? And that is what has been forgotten by many, many, many institutions. So the whole construct of business, I mean, the B Corps have been talking about this for, you know, a long time. And many other businesses have focused on taking more corporate social responsibility around that, but not enough. The narrative, the reporting, the financial output, the measures of success, all focus on that profitability. And of course, when we wrote Sustainable Marketing, How to Drive Profits with Purpose, this brings us back to the purpose. What what are we in business for? You know, is this purely just to make enough money? What about all the people that are facilitating that? What about the communities that are affected? What about the planetary requirements that are facilitating that? So business has to now think about that. And of course, employees are waking up and they're saying, I don't want to work for an organization that does terrible things on the planet. You know, I want to work for an organization that I can feel good about. And we know that organizations have got problems with productivity, with the fact that the majority of their employees are not jumping out of bed every morning to run to work to say, woohoo, look at me, I'm doing a great job and I love what it is I'm doing. Productivity is a big problem. Most employees, 86% of employees feel very disconnected from the work that they do. Now, sustainability gives organizations an opportunity to get people on board and say, hello, you're part of the solution. Come in and give us your ideas and let's see how we can move forward with this. Because the latest Gallup poll shows that that lack of productivity, that lack of disconnected employees is 400 to $500 billion per year in cost to businesses because of that disconnected employee engagement. So sustainability from an internal communications perspective isn't just about getting the narrative right. This is a huge opportunity to engage employees to say, come on this sustainability journey with us. Be part of the solution. You know, I'm just off to an event where I'm going to be for three days, you know, talking to a team that that is the focus. How do we get our employees mobilizing our plans? How do we get them on board with how we move forward with sustainability? And that is, that isn't just how do we talk about it? Yes, there's going to be a component of how we talk about it. But how are they involved? How are they engaged? How are their ideas counting? How are they the ones that are getting, you know, that whole saying of getting everybody on the bus, everybody moving in the right direction? That is what is required. And internal communications isn't just about, oh, this is what we want to say or not say because we've got to be careful about greenwashing or, you know, how we talk about things. This is about how do we galvanize this huge resource 
so that everybody is aligned? How do we make them accountable? How do we make them part of this? How do we make them included and valued and heard so that actually then we all move forward with much bigger, stronger and pace, pacefully, you know, because we need speed in all of this. We don't need people waiting around for the next five years to figure this all out. Uh, How do we galvanise that momentum uh, to drive impact? Absolutely. And I think you've just said so many other things that we've been talking about. And I think that the the issues as well that, that we talked about on this podcast, that as the Institute and some research that, that we've been working on as well, is this lack of involvement, this lack of inclusion, this lack of being part of it. Because sometimes a, a disseminated message, I have lots of my members going, well, how do I get, how do I explain climate change to employees? How do I make a narrative that is accessible and easy? And that's a real challenge. But is it more actually for what you're saying is don't worry about explaining the science, step back from that and involve in understanding that in a different type of dialogue. I think we sometimes, I hear, get so overwhelmed by the science of it and that feels in a very hard story to perhaps convey. But actually, it's it's, it's be more simple, isn't it? It's come right back to that beginning and work on our dialogue and our conversation from, from the outset. Is that what you see as sort of the, the big opportunity here for IC practitioners to then work alongside the, all their comms companions and and compatriots from from court comms to marketing and actually getting them all in the room is that what you see as sort of the big opportunity yeah i mean let's face it collaboration is absolutely you know key to to solving this this complex challenge that we all face no 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 one country government person country i said country company can change this can they we all have to work together and i think you know the the opportunity here for IC practitioners is is significant because if they can tap into the the passion and and the knowledge of their employees they don't know what their employees know unless they talk to them you know you could have somebody in there who's got an incredible passion for climate change or an incredible passion for trying to reduce waste and and having an engaged network internally is a really really powerful thing you know because you, you have those conversations you come up with ideas you know we've spoken to so many organizations where it wasn't a case of the leadership team decided that it was, you know, sustainability was on the agenda and it was fed down. It was people within the organisation that, that wouldn't let go of it, you know. They they just kept going on and on and on and, and certain things then come out of that. So, you know, and sustainability is everybody's role because it's personal. You know, you don't leave sustainability at the door of the office, do you, when you go home? You take it home with you. You know, this is the future of humanity without sounding dramatic. It is the future of humanity. So I think, you know, if if I see practitioners can really engage with their peers and their colleagues, then, you know, they can drive change a lot faster or they can slow change down effectively you know by having that ongoing conversation Wim Vermeulen who we we interviewed for our podcast he said you know everyone should ask themselves the question at the end of the day did what I do today speed up the transition to a more sustainable future or slow it down and you know is the organization I work for speeding it up or slowing it down and then you kind of have an answer of where you want to be so I think yeah an engaged network is is way more powerful in relation to sustainability because we've all got to, as Michelle said, get on the bus uh, and play our role. Yeah. 
And I think with internal comms, you know, just to focus on internal comms for that, you know, and the role that they play is, is, you know, it's the same kind of positioning that we talk about marketing. There has to be some connective tissue across the value chain of an organization. Who's talking to what? Where are the commonalities between, you know, how do we get finance comms? How do we get the creative side? How do we get procurement and what's going on in supply? How do we, you know, where is this all discussed? And the challenge at the moment is that most organizations operate in silos. I mean, I actually think it's madness that you have internal comms and then marketing and they don't talk to one another. I mean, for me, that's just insanity. So, you know, we've got to break those silos down. And somebody's got to take ownership for making those communications collective. How do we all understand what's going on within this organization? How do we all understand the remit of our sustainability strategy? How do we all understand the role that every single person within that organization plays in delivering on that? I think Unilever did this really well with the simplicity. I mean, I say this and, you know, many people roll their eyes, oh, it's always Unilever. But, you know, they've been doing this a long time. And and I'm not saying they're perfect. You know, I'm sure many people could pick apart things that they've done. But I think they're a great example of you know, here's a sustainability strategy. This is what it looks like. It's a really simple one-line tagline, you know, making sustainable living a reality is their kind of focus. And what that means to every single individual, and then they make it part of every individual's KPIs. Everybody is accountable to deliver against that that framework against that KPIs. And so everybody knows. Now that all has to be communicated, but that means you're going to have internal comms talking with HR. You know, there's going to be some major collaboration there about how we galvanize the people. And and I think this is where, as Gemma said, this collaboration has to, has to now, it has to be like, you know, I've worked with organizations where Oh, we don't get involved with that because that's that department. Oh, we don't get involved in that communication because they look after that because that's corporate comms and we're this comms and they're that comms and they're this. It's like, hello, seriously? Can we just drop the tribes and can we all just come together here and work collaboratively to say, this is what we need to achieve. What's the best way that we do this collectively? We're all smart. We're all great communicators. Let's break down those barriers and start working together because that's what it's going to take. We have to rethink the systems and we have to challenge the systems that are in place. We cannot just pretend that business as usual is going to get us to where we need to be. So it takes those internal comms people to say, hang on a minute, this is crazy. You know, we need to now stand up, take ownership and use our skills, creativity, influence, communication skills in the best way possible. And to be asking those questions, what's the best way to use my skills? Don't just give me stuff. What's the best way to use our skills? You know, and really, really get a bit more empowered about what we do and and, and how this is communicated and the narrative, because that is such an important. I think it was David Attenborough that said, you know, Yes, we have a climate crisis, but we have a communication crisis. And I don't think we can underestimate that. We really need to get the comms aligned and working in the right direction. Yeah, I 100% agree with that viewpoint, Michelle. I think, you know, when I kind of play 
business sustainability through the lens of the future of work, you said reimagining, I'm not sure, but reinventing the way we work actually is an intrinsic part of business sustainability. So all of these silos, these man-made constructs, again, that we've created for ourselves, are now inhibiting our capacity to innovate and to decarbonize and to create a better, more egalitarian world where people aren't locked out of opportunity in the way that they are at the moment. All this narrative about chat GPT and artificial intelligence coming to save us, it's not saving us, it's just making rich people richer. And actually, we have it completely within our power to re reimagine and reinvent really flourishing workplaces, but it all starts with conversation and open, inclusive discourse about who we choose to be whilst all of this is going on. So trying to wrap this up now, there is a huge amount in what we have talked about this last half hour or so. If I was to ask both of you for one thing, just one thing, one starting point for an internal communicator right now, what would each of you advise? I would say find out and understand what really matters to your employees and your colleagues and your peers. I think that's a that's a great start point for getting them on board, which is go and start the conversation with them as opposed to coming up with a strategy or plan and then then engaging with them. I think you're going to get so much information and knowledge and insights and and real gold and and I think it will open up an entirely different conversation if you reverse engineer that process and I think I just just as a footnote to that just chipping in as the non-coms expert I would say do that but do that in person do that on a telephone call don't send out a survey really try and get under the bonnet of what makes people tick or get them in the room you know that's even better 100%. 100%. Get them in the room. And I would say, you know, obviously that is critical, as Gemma has said. The other thing I would say, if there's one thing that you can do as an internal cons person is, is look at your sustainability strategy or report if it's in place and look at it. Really look at it. Who is it for? You know, is it just created for investors? Does it make any sense as a communication vehicle about what it is that you are doing does it talk to employees? Does it talk to customer? And does it make any sense? Because the majority of them that I've seen, yeah, they're beautiful, 90, 100 page, you know, they're, they're designed for investors. They're full of numbers and kilowatts and we're doing this. What does that mean? What does that mean internally? What does that mean for your employees? What does that mean? You know, look at the communications that you have around sustainability and your strategy on your website, these reports, the stuff you're saying, scrutinize it. Don't just accept it, scrutinize it. What what are we saying? As a communicator, does this make any sense? And it probably won't. So then do something about it. Wow. Two things there, two really powerful endpoints, I think. Jen? Yeah, 
I, I was just going to say, I think both of those points are beautiful. And I think that what you both of you have said is that that art of involvement and actually is really important and, and the dialogue and unearth it and find out people's personal values as well and what matters to them. Because actually what you'll find is some synergies and some alignment that can bring people together. Nothing like shared goals and shared purpose and, and shared meaning that can make a difference. But I think that also as well, that point around does it make sense? Because I think that from an internal communicator, some people I've spoken to have looked at those strategies and gone, how do I tell a story about this? And I don't even understand it. And that is the, the, the first thing. So I, th I just think there's a, a really two clear pieces of advice that I would, I would absolutely echo um, for internal communicators to take away. And that goes back to education then, Jen. You know, if you don't understand it, understand it. Ask questions. Educate, educate yourself. yourself. You know, yeah. take our 100 points challenge as a, as a starting point. It's free. Anybody can do it. Um, we, we get emails all the time. I just got two more this morning. You know, um, it's a really useful resource. People can just go there, start just learning about stuff and just like, you know what? Keep learning because we are. Because there's a wealth of information out there. Just have that thing, isn't it? Wonderful. What a wonderful way to wrap this up. Thank you so much, guys, for coming and chatting with us. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that as the journey unravels, there will be plenty more opportunity for us to, to chat and to cohere and, and, and to collaborate and to, to role model what this synchronised, integrated approach needs to look like in practice so thank you thank you pleasure thank you for having us we look forward to seeing you again soon thank you everybody bye we hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode if you have please like it and share it with your friends and colleagues on your preferred digital channels every recommendation helps us spread the word to build a better more connected and inclusive future of work Thanks for listening.